welcome to the THQ podcast, David. All right. So, um, obviously, we've had quite a bit of a chat off air as well. So, what yep. was actually, um, I think, really, people are going to get a lot of benefit from this conversation today. So, please, we just start off by saying exactly how much weight you've lost and how much progression you've actually made in general um, whilst being at THQ. Um, I'm a paramedic uh, with the local ambulance service. I'm just your normal sort of family man, 48 years old. I was originally 118 kilos. I'm now 81. And I've gone from a 48-inch waist to a 34. Oh, brilliant. That's, um, so how, how long have you been a member? I've been a member since August 2018, August last year. Yeah. So what, was the, what, what sort of things have you done before? <sighs> I've done nothing before, is the honest answer. Um, the whole, my whole focus was not on actually losing weight. It was more on getting fit. And that started in the April of that year when I actually went to visit my mother, uh, who is a doctor, not always a good thing. And she just took one look at me and said, how much do you weigh? And to be honest, I had no idea. So we went on the scales and we were, uh, we were basically 18 and a half stone. And she said, I'm going to put you on a diet. And the diet I'm going to put you on is the fasting diet. That was the entire discussion. I, I, I had zero import or choice in the matter. And I went on the fasting diet where I, just two days a week, I was having 600 calories. So I chose Tuesday and went uh, Thursday. And just for those days, I would just have 600 calories. And I would make it up however I saw how to do it just to make it to 600. The only exercise I was doing at the time was walking the dog. And after a month or so, I noticed that the weight was dropping off. So I thought to myself, well, if I exercise a bit more, I'll lose a bit more. And the only exercise I do is walking the dog. So I'll walk the dog a bit, bit further and a bit more often. He's not going to mind. And we ended up doing laps of Fernley Reservoir. And I was walking, instead of doing 3K a day, I was doing 5K. And then I was doing 5K twice a day. Yeah. And it was actually very time consuming. <clears throat> Plus, I was a bit worried I was, I was actually tiring out my dog <laughs> as well. But the weight came off. And I went from being officially obese to being overweight. I can actually remember actually celebrating that I was finally overweight <laughs> and not actually obese anymore. I joined the gym because I can't keep just using the walking as exercise. It was just taking too much time. And I needed to, on my days off when I wasn't fasting, I needed to perhaps look at what I was eating a bit more. Right. And a little bit more specialised. And to a certain extent, I didn't actually do that until January this year when I did the photo shoot. I stayed on the fasting diet yeah. while I joined uh, uh, the gym, which was in August last year. I was seeing a lot more positive benefits. The weight loss continued. I became a 38 inch waist. I went and bought myself some new clothes from, for, as a kind of a Christmas present to myself. Uh, these clothes now don't fit me because I've lost more weight yeah. or rather I've changed body shape. But the whole focus for me was on getting fit. One of the, the issues for me was and one of the reasons I actually joined the gym 
was I suffer from something called inflammatory bowel disease, a specific type. People may have heard of Crohn's disease. I've got Crohn's disease's big brother, which is ulcerative colitis. This has been an issue for me since 2010. I have flare-ups every, sometimes every three to four months. It yeah. will mean a lot of medication to get it under control. It will mean time off work. And it kind of consumes your life. Um, one of the things that people will know, the, the, particularly when they're on the photo shoot, they will eat what's known as cruciferous vegetables, which is like broccoli, and cabbage, spinach and all that. I can't go anywhere near these things. And with this uh, illness that I have, I, I can't touch them, but I was able to get round that. Uh, we'll sort of come back to that in a minute. But one of the things that I found out was the less, the less body fat I had, not necessarily the less I weighed, but the less body fat I was holding, the less severe these flare-ups would be, the less um, aggressive the autoimmune response would be. And it ended up getting to a point where the medics were actually reducing my medication because I just didn't need it anymore. Uh, I've had one flare-up in about 14 months, and considering I was having one every three or four months, this is obviously a good thing. Yeah. And the um, the main sort of treatment for that was steroids, which really did make me very hyper. The last flare-up didn't need steroids. It was able to get it under control yeah. by just using anti-inflammatories that they use, which is... Uh, uh, salicylic acids and that lasted two weeks okay. which was really really good but my main focus was on getting fitter um so let me let's so let's let's go back so obviously when you yeah. when you when you first came in so you come you wanted to sort of obviously you had like an, un, a more underlining reason you wanted to try and get yeah. fit so tell me exactly so how many to how many how much Medication was you taking before, and then how much was you? How are you taking now compared to? With regard to when you were on a flare-up, you would be taking. Let's have a look. You'd be on eight tablets of mesalazine. Uh, you might increase that by another two. Uh, you would be on ten, no, twelve uh, steroids initially, and then you'd reduce that down. You'd be on azathioprine, so that'd be another three tablets. So you'd be looking at something sort of 20, 20 tablets a day yep. to get that done. I'm now on three. Right, right. So, so that, that's, that's one of the main reasons I wanted yeah. to bring you in as, as well, because I wanted people to understand that, you know, it's so important to obviously look at everything that you're doing as your own yeah. health when you are taking medication for a specific reason. There's so many things that you can do as well that helps that help that you can help yourself yes. by um, and and sometimes it's it's a bigger driving force and a bigger motivator if you, the way you look at it is think right you know I, I might have this condition but you actually use it as a positive spin and you think right well what I can actually do to actually make this better um, yep. and I think I think that's a, a good motivator for a lot of people and if I think if you haven't got something a condition or something then it's motivation sometimes isn't is harder to find I think. Um, so yeah, so that that is yeah, that's that's a massive massive thing. I think that's brilliant what you does. So how how do you feel now with your with everything? With everything, uh, definitely the gym is and getting fitter. Obviously, still walk the dog, 
because yeah. uh, he needs walking every day. It's a border collie. Um, if I don't give him something to do, I'll have no sofa when I get out. Uh, but the gym is definitely uh, part of that fitness, that maintaining a fitness and improving yeah. my fitness uh, regime. I come in, I'm, I'm a part of the dedicated 6 a.m. crew. Uh, I come in three times a week. Obviously, that increases when I did the photo shoot. I'm really glad I did the photo shoot yeah. because it allowed me to find, uh, how can I say, another way of doing things. People would probably eat broccoli a lot. I can't go near that, so I may do with asparagus and green beans. Uh, I've recently found out I can eat pak choy without that seeming uh, to, to bother me. And just that sort of little, how can I say, using myself as a test subject yeah. to, to find a different way of doing yeah. sort of what we, what we needed to do. I didn't actually expect to lose any more weight. I didn't actually expect to lose any more from my waistline. I thought I'd maintain it at a 38 inch waist. I didn't, I'm now a 34 inch waist and all the clothes that I bought myself as a Christmas present don't fit anymore. So um, that's, it's, it's really about maintaining that fitness level that I've got for me rather than I wanna look great on the beach in the med next summer. Uh, there is a knock-on effect that you do look a lot fitter. People say I look younger, which seems to be uh, one of the, the, the comments I seem to get quite a lot. But I'm really glad I did the photo shoot. I'll probably do it again at some point next year. Yeah. And to a certain extent, as um, a bit of a barometer to see how, from this year how I have progressed. Yeah. So I might, I did the January shoot this year. I'll probably do that April to, to June one next year. Yeah. Just as a, a bit of a barometer to see how far I've come and how I'm doing with that maintaining my fitness level. So take me, take me back to obviously when you first weighed in at 18 stone. This, yeah. is, what I'm, this is what I'm quite interested in as well. So um, you mentioned about fasting. Yeah. So you actually, just so everybody knows, your fasting was two days a week on 600 calories yep. a day, um, which is obviously, it's probably not something that we'd recommend, uh, but what, what I wanted to get, it was something that made you want to start. So it was something that gave yes. you a focus on, it gave you a system to follow. Um, and it obviously has, it has worked and it has so undeniably it's worked and it's undeniably helped you sort of get into this fitness circle, even though you probably don't do that now and you definitely wasn't doing that when you was, when you're weight training. Um, just tell me about that transition from obviously getting something that's gonna sort of keep you focused at the start to then learning to adapt to some, a different way of eating. And tell, just tell me a little bit more about that. Uh I say with the fasting diet when I first started at THQ, just because that's what I was on. I had, I, I think when I started, I had no intention of doing a photo shoot. I, I could see all the pictures around of everybody in the gym and I, I, they all looked fabulous. Uh, and I really didn't sort of see myself like that. Yeah. The transition was, I'd already set myself a goal. And I went from, I was dieting and exercising. In January, I moved to something that was very similar, but the mindset changed where I went from 
eating correctly yeah. and training because I had this goal with the photo shoot to go for. And that seemed to be, January was the transition point for me. I may have started with the gym in August, but that foundation in August, I mean, yeah. the, first, the first couple of sessions that I had, I was struggling. I, I had this bright idea that I would walk to the gym and walk home again. And that would be part of this fitness thing that I was on. I would work on my strength and, and, and sort of muscles at the gym and I would work on my stamina sort of there and back. And then I'd, I'd go in. I ended up holding onto the railings on Holker Road. I could hardly walk home. I'd look like I'd been out on the Raz. And that, that was very, very early days. When I was doing the weights, particularly with the legs, I thought I'd, that'd be a doddle because I was doing all the walking. Yeah. It wasn't. It was. It was. It's, it's a different type yeah. of training. So this is obviously this is when obviously you're having to transition from maybe you do yeah. to start eating more. Yeah. Um, and obviously eating more, people think they're scared to eat more. They're scared to actually eat quite a lot of food. Um, so tell me about that transition. Obviously coming up to January, where you was you've gone starting to eat more. And then how have your results progressed when you started to be more? The flip side of, of doing the photo shoot, obviously in January, I stopped the fasting diet and started the training diet for the photo shoot. I got my calories sent through, which was 1,850. And suddenly I'm thinking, I've got to eat all this food. Uh, I was very reliant on turkey, which was a very good one with the IBD to have. Uh, I was eating that much turkey that I was a bit worried I'd turn into one. But the transition, the, the, the side effect of eating more food, but concentrating on what you were eating, being focused on hitting your macros, particularly your protein amount, which was something like 185 grams every day, I ended up losing my weight, which was the knock-on effect, which it sounds, sounds interesting, but okay. I was doing the HIIT training. I was still doing the walking. I was making sure I was getting 10,000 steps a day. Towards the end of that training, I was doing somewhere around about sort of 20,000. I was coming in and doing the strength training, but these were all very gradual increases over the, the thing. The, the thing that I started off at the start was eating more. Yeah. And the knock-on effect of that was I was actually losing more weight I'm not 100% how that equation goes. And it doesn't, you know, initially you, your logic says, well, if you're taking more in, how are you losing more weight with doing so? And it's basically because you're raising your metabolism. So you're burning more body fat and you're increasing your muscle size. So that metabolism is in, in increasing as well. And I'm obviously doing the, if you want, for want of a better word, cardio, which is just me walking the dog and throwing yeah. a stick or a ball at the time. Uh, but the knock-on effect is I went from a 38-inch waist to a 34. And, and the fact that I had to go and buy some new clothes and obviously my before and after pictures in the gym, because we did finally do the, the, the photo shoot, are pretty much the evidence that obviously that happened. Yeah. Sounds good. 
So how do you feel how THQ, obviously, from when the moment you walked in, as obviously we try to sort of pride ourselves on understanding everybody as an individual, what their goals are. So obviously we have a system that we follow, um, but then obviously we adapt it to every individual, and especially try to look at people's individual needs, especially like improving certain conditions. How do you feel that we did that when you walked in and, you know, from understanding what you wanted out of it? The first time I walked in, I was a little surprised because I actually thought there'd be a reception area. And I kept meaning to call in. And I was actually going with my missus to a pub lunch uh, uh, at the Sun, just down from the Buxton gym. And I said, oh, that's, there it is. There's the gym. I'll, I'll, I'll pop in and just ask. And I came in and I remember bumping into you. And we had a brief sort of introduction. And I said, my main problem is I have IBD. I'm probably not going to be able to follow the same diet regime that everybody else does. And you said, oh, I know what that is. That's like Crohn's disease. I've got obviously the big brother, which is ulcerative colitis. And we had a brief chat about that and it shouldn't be a factor. And it hasn't actually been a factor. Yeah. Uh, Occasionally, uh, recently, I've had a, a, a dose of the flu. That's floored me. I haven't been able to come into the gym sessions. I've texted one of the personal trainers and made my apologies. Terribly sorry, I've had to cancel this week. Uh, I, I can't actually get out of bed. And they've said, fine, that's not a problem. I remember earlier on this year, I think I tweaked my back. I'd either done it at work or at home. I'd, I'd done it somehow. But I thought, I'm going to rest it. I'm going to cancel this week. Made my apologies. Again, the answer was, it's all right. Sounds like common sense to me. Rest you back. No worries. We'll see you when you're, you're ready, basically. Yeah. Sounds good. So tell me about you. Tell me about you, a little bit about your job. Um, and tell me more about the shift work. This is what I'm interested in. So obviously shift is, shifts, I think people, people struggle with shift work because we're sort of going against what our body naturally wants to do. When the sun goes down, we want to go to bed. Um, when the sun comes up, we want to get up. Whereas if you're, obviously you've got a job that you've got to do the complete opposite of that, everything's going to be fighting against you for, for a fat loss perspective, for a feeling perspective. Yep. So what is, I mean, I, I've never done shifts um, and I've not got no experience in that, but I think from the people that I've been training, I generally think that if you're consistent, no matter what time you eat, what, what you do, consistent in what you're actually doing, um, I feel like you can overcome a lot of barriers. But if you, obviously you've got a lot more um, experience with shifts than me. So tell me a little bit about how you found diet, uh, changing your lifestyle whilst on shifts. I actually didn't find it that much of a problem. Uh, I was used to working shifts. I've been a paramedic for 15 years, uh, swapping from days to nights. Uh, and if you like, lates. Um, uh, it wasn't really a problem. And I was eating already at different hours. It was what I was eating and how I was doing it. One of the interesting things that we did during the night shift, I was on with a friend of, uh, a colleague of mine and I was still on the fasting diet and that was a fasting day for me. And he said, because he'd been eating more or less munching all the way through the night, I bet your glucose levels have kind of crashed. And I'd been on the fasting diet for a couple of months by then. I was now with THQ and we both did our blood glucose, mm. uh, which we can test for obviously with the equipment on the back of the ambulance. And how can I put it? Mine was higher than his. Mine was better than his. And he'd been 
eating rubbish basically most of the night. Yeah, yeah. Whereas <clears throat> I think I'd had a couple of boiled eggs and the, yet again another turkey steak. Yeah. Um, so would would your advice again? This uh, this is would your advice be to people who do work nights to eat less? So even if you're not talking about fasting, but just generally to try and eat less during the shift or not? I don't know. Really to me. a certain extent, I think you would. I think one of the things that helped me was planning, making sure I was prepped before I went to work. You saw your sandwiches out. You know, you do your pat lunch. Uh, uh, to a certain extent, I did that, but it was what I was eating. Yeah. And I was still doing, you know, days and nights and lights while I was doing the photo shoot and my eating regime had changed then. But I was making sure I was hitting my protein level for that 24-hour period. And yeah. one of the good things is it's not necessarily working your calories out over a day but you look at it over a week and as long as you're hitting that average yeah for me it was 1850 calories of which 185 had to be protein or grams of protein each day yeah. and and the fats uh, uh swap swap bad fats for good fats like avocados and obviously your omega threes in, in in your fish and stuff uh i didn't find it a problem it was prepping beforehand. If you were organised, I didn't find it to be a problem at all. So t take me through night shift then. So you've just just about started night shift. Yeah. What do you eat? Why do you eat that? And then what do you eat all the night? And then what do you eat when you finish your night shift? Might take one of those uh, grenade bars with you because yeah. you probably want a chalky fix. Probably got some boiled eggs that you've done. Um, Would that have any reason to help your blood sugar levels or anything? Or Do you know, I never found it to be a problem. No. You might have a meal that you've cooked previously that you can keep in the fridge at work and then microwave. Yeah. So that's your turkey steak. And for me, it was green beans and, and, and asparagus. I didn't find it to be a problem. In, in, in any way, really, it just needed organizing beforehand. You needed to prep correctly for the night shift. Yeah. Some people don't, some people find that their appetite takes a dip anyway and they don't eat. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you're tempted by going for a kebab yeah. uh, in yeah. the middle of the night shift. Uh, you can get <clears throat> a little bit over reliant, I think, on sugary drinks and things like that. So, Making sure you've got a lot of water with you seems to be water seems to be a bit of a secret weapon, particularly if you're trying to lose body fat rather yeah. than lose weight. Yeah. Uh, that seems to be one of the things that I found very helpful. Yeah. But overall, it was planning and prepping before you went on night shift. Yeah. That worked. So taking out. all your food with you. You keep a log of what you're doing. I use Samsung Health. I know a lot of people use my my Fitness Pal here. <coughs> it seems to work very well because you're because obviously say you start at six o'clock at night you're not going to finish until six o'clock in the morning you will go through that uh barrier for going from one 24-hour period into the next yeah. so as long as you're monitoring over that 24-hour period which obviously evens out over the week yeah it shouldn't be a problem no so food food choices so would you have more 
if you're on a night shift, would you have more carbohydrates or would you have less carbohydrates or would you have more fats or would you have more protein or do you just, can you tell me what, what makes you I, feel I, better? To a certain extent, I, I wouldn't change it from when I wasn't on shift. That, that was, yeah, that was, that was probably a point that I was trying to, <laughs> trying to get to because like, I think if, I'm glad you said that because it, I find it very hard to talk about things that I've got nothing to relate to but i try to look at things from a like a logical point of view and i think yeah. why should it be any different if if your working day is in the middle of the night you're going to find it harder than someone in the day but why do you have to eat any different than you would do two o'clock in the afternoon or two o'clock in the morning if yeah. that is your um that's your life yeah um so yeah that, that that's i'm glad so would that be a fair analysis to just say keep it exactly the same whether you're on shift or not on shift yeah you prep your food and yeah just plan ahead yeah that, yeah, that's a good point. I'm uh, yeah, I'm glad we've, glad we've <laughs> we got that. Um, so they, they were the three main reasons I wanted to bring you on. It's one of the massive health benefits that you've got from being yeah. at THQ. Um, making sure that obviously you've been able to do that rounds working shifts because there's probably arguably um, doing the job that you do. Um, them shifts are probably one of the, the hardest, most stressfulest night shifts you can actually do. So being actually being able to be consistent when you're doing that, I think that is, is quite yeah. an achievement. Um, and yeah, just, yeah, that was probably the, the two main things I wanted to discuss. <laughs> so is there anything else you want to, want to add before we, before we cap off? Uh, no, I'm going to continue. Yeah. Going to maintain, going to just keep pressing on. Really? And, uh, you know, if, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it. So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll keep on doing this. Sounds good. Thanks for coming in, David. You're welcome. <laughs>